0: Everyone, welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying that was so good. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so glad that you're jumping on today. Hey, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast and spreading the word. We love hearing from you. So make sure you leave a comment and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes and updates. So This series of episodes has been entitled, Follow the Leader. It's more than just a game. It's a difference maker. Because who you follow and how you lead, who is following you, it matters. It's all about the courage and confidence that we can have as women who lead in our careers, in our family, and in our churches. So, Today's guest I'm pretty excited about is someone that I have been following around since I was in the eighth grade. He was my middle school crush turned husband, and we have been married and leading together in ministry for the past 35 years. He's my pastor, and honestly, he is the most confident yet humble servant leaders that I know. You got it, it's Todd. He's in the room today, he's at the table with me and I'm so excited about this conversation. We're gonna be having a conversation today about how to lead beyond your own limitations. Because let's face it, we all have lids and limitations in our leadership. I know for me and so many of you that I talk to, that when we're when we're leading in our family or in our career or at school, there are so many times that we're faced with challenges that is just beyond our experience. And these challenges could be a, a complex problem or a difficult boss or a rebellious child that that we want to lead and we we know what's best for them, but they just don't see it. And so many times when we find ourselves in these situations, we get stuck. See, there's a gap between our own experience and what is required to lead with wisdom and courage. And what we put in this gap, it matters. So what do we put in this gap? Well, I can't tell you yet. We're going to have to jump into today's conversation. So let's jump in to our conversation and find out. Well, Todd, welcome back to the podcast. You're actually my favorite guest.
1: I would hope so. (laughs) And you're my favorite podcaster by far. Um, It's great to be back. And I want to give a shout out to all the guys that are listening to The Sisterhood. Yeah, they're out there. They are. They confess (laughs) to me that you've got such great leadership material that they're tuning in as I'm tuning in. And what's good for The Sisterhood is good for the brotherhood. That's
0: right. You might have to start your own Podcast like Bro Good, right? Like I said, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up, that's, right? It's really good. It's, yeah. Well, this season, you know, is all about leadership. And you and I have been leading together for a very long time. Yep. Lots of years now. Decades. Decades. But, you know, there's so many things when I look back in my own leadership journey that I wish I knew then what I know now. And so I'd love to hear from your perspective. You know, what is something that you wish you knew? when you were first starting out on your leadership journey yeah. that, that you know now?
1: Well, there are many things that I wish <laughs> I knew now, knew then that I know now. And some things you just don't get until you grow in your leadership and you fail and you make mistakes and you get coached up. And those, if you hold on to those lessons and carry it out with you, man, you're going to grow and be better. But you know, you've know, you said this before. I think if there's one thing um, that I wish somebody had told me when I was a younger leader is that you don't know what you don't know. Right. And what you don't know can hurt you. You've right. said this many times. <laughs> I just wish you had told me back when I was 20. But when you think about it, that's so true. I only know what I know. Right. And you only know what you know. And what you don't know is out of the realm of what you, you know. Yet as a leader, I think sometimes we think we have to know. Like people expect us to know because we're we're leading. So we've got to have an answer. We've got to have a plan. We've got to figure out a way. And then you top on top of that, you had to top that I, I think it's our human nature to always think we're right about whatever we're thinking about. Especially if you've been right a lot of the time, that that just adds to this feeling like, hey, I'm I'm right. And it can actually cause you to be mind blind to the point that what you're thinking about or how you're seeing a situation is really the best way. And you're right and everybody else is wrong. So one of the lessons I had to learn the hard way is I had to learn how to be suspect to my own opinions. So, I had to challenge myself, Why am I thinking that way? Why do I tend to think that way is the best way? or maybe there's a better way? Let me ask more questions instead of trying to make you know, a bunch of statements. because the truth is when I'm making a statement in a conversation, I'm not learning anything because right. i'm just I'm just talking about what I know. But when I ask a question, I actually gain understanding, and I can begin to see where the other person is coming from. And so that's going to help me grow. Even if I don't agree with their perspective, eventually, I I am going to learn uh, by asking questions. It's going to broaden my understanding. So Mm -hmm. I guess the quick answer would be I'd go back and I'd ask more questions. I'd listen so much more. But let me turn it back to you. What about you? What (laughs) what leadership lesson do you wish that you knew back in your 20s and 30s?
0: Yeah, when I look back at my 19-year-old college student self, or my 25-year-old Pastor, wife, teacher self, or my 35 year old mom self, when there are so many times I didn't think what I was doing was making a difference. What I wish I had known is that leadership is not a title yeah. or a position, but it's influence. And every one of us has more influence than we possibly so true. know. And, you know, there's, th- we have so much more influence than we know. And I also think that there's a difference between our calling in life and our assignment. Right. And all of us have this high calling, but sometimes we have to do some pretty low assignments, right? But our callings about who we are and our assignment is about what we do. And I when I look back, I grew the most in my leadership in the assignments that I did not ask for. Mm. And I wish I'd known that then that mm. there's a difference between success and fruitfulness. Wow. And sometimes those hidden assignments when nobody was looking yeah. those were the times when I I look back now that are bearing the most fruit you know in in my life but I think both of us would agree that when we look back some of our biggest mistakes that we made in leadership was when we actually depended on our own abilities and yeah. our own gifting. And when we did that, that we found ourselves coming up short, exhausted, and yeah. sometimes worn down. Right, and right. I, I think that in leadership, this is an important lesson to learn, right? It
1: really is. It's a, a critical lesson that we learned that the race that we're running is a supernatural race. We cannot run it. We won't finish it by natural strength and natural abilities. We need, you need, everybody listening today needs, the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to run that race, the race to to lead ourselves well, to lead our families well, for those of us with kids, to help our children fulfill their God-given purpose in a culture that's leading them in the opposite direction. We need supernatural courage to lead with integrity. We need a word from the Lord daily to step out and face with a sense of confidence what God is calling us to. So really, when we're talking about leading, leading in these days that we're living in, it's going to require so much more than just our own natural abilities or natural talent. It's going to require supernatural power and presence and infilling of the Holy Spirit every day.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we're, We're kind of jumping in deep pretty quick, but I I am so excited about this conversation because this is something that we've been unpacking with our own staff team here at the church, and we wanted to bring it to our So Good podcast listeners. We wanted to bring them in on it because what we're really talking about is taking our leadership to the next level and really finding out what it takes to lead beyond our own capacity. See, your leadership capacity, it doesn't have to be limited to your natural abilities. And I I look at this, and I I think sometimes in leadership, we can all feel like we're in over our head. Sometimes we feel like we're being called to do more than we're capable of Mm, doing. mm -hmm. But if you're in that boat today, I've got some good (laughs) news for you because you are in good company because the scripture is full of people that were actually in over their heads called to do to things that they could have never done yeah. on their own. And all the things that you said earlier, you know, leading ourselves and our families, leading with integrity and courage, this is something that we can't do in our own strength. Yeah. And sometimes it does feel like we're in over our heads. But like I and said, Julie, we're in good company.
1: <laughs> we're in good co- <laughs> because we're there all the time. It yeah, feels I like know. We, exactly. It's where we
0: live. We live in the deep end of the pool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in a place where, man, if God doesn't show up, if the Holy Spirit yeah. doesn't show up, we cannot do what God is calling us to do. And I think that that's... that's a great place to stay and live and be okay with because it keeps us dependent on the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And like you said, we see that all throughout the Bible. And there's probably no more clearly a place that we see that than in the book of Acts. Because you remember in the book of Acts chapter one, Jesus tells his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait for this gift that he's going to send them. And when you think about the group of guys that he's talking to, they should have been the most prepared and equipped to do anything, I mean, they had just spent three years in a long-term one-on-one leadership intensive with Mm -hmm. Jesus, right? I mean, the best leadership material, coaching, accountability than they could have ever had. But Jesus said to them, listen, before you do anything, before you try to go do anything on your own, go wait for this gift that I have for you. Don't try to do it on your own. So they go into the upper room, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes in like a rushing wind. And it says there that everybody was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They went out in power into the streets. They spoke in tongues and languages they didn't know That to all the different people that were gathered in Jerusalem on that day. And they all heard the message of Jesus in their own language. They couldn't have done that on their own, right? In fact. In that verse there, it says that people actually thought they were drunk, and which tells me the Holy Spirit will impact us in ways you and I can't control, and it might look weird or different Mm -hmm. to other people, and then... Peter begins to preach, and during his sermon, he quotes the prophet Joel from the Old Testament in Acts chapter 2, and this is, let me just read this passage in Acts 2.16, and he says, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will Prophesy. You know, many times I have studied this passage of scripture yeah. and I think of all the scriptures that Peter could have quoted right. on the day of Pentecost, of all the verses that he could have referenced on the day that the church was born, it was this verse out of Joel that says, In these days the Holy Spirit will be poured out on my sons mm-hmm. and my daughters, on men and women equally. Why? So that they will. Prophesy. And that word prophesy means to boldly proclaim and preach and declare the word of God. And so there's so much in this for us to be who we're called to be, to do what we're called to do. We've got to have this encounter with the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, we have been gifted. By the Holy Spirit to spiritually lead and and I love that it was sons and daughters and and I think for all the daughters out there that you can be confident that He is for you and right. and you know when He calls us to prophesy it's not just preaching like Todd like you do many weekends at mm-hmm. church but but prophesying is declaring God's word over God's people that you can prophesy over your family over your you children. can prophesy over your children right. you can prophesy you know over over your friends that it's just really echoing God's voice over their lives and that's what we're called to yeah. do. Yeah, right. and we're empowered by the Spirit to do. And what, what we see in this passage in Acts is that that this encounter with the Holy Spirit, it actually changed the disciples. Right. In that moment, you know Peter, when we think about Peter, the Apostle Peter, he was called the rock, right? Jesus called him a rock earlier in Scripture, but then he denied Jesus. but when the Holy Spirit came, Peter became who he was called to be. That's right. Right? So, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is going to change the way we speak. When in Acts chapter 2, Peter says the right word at the right time an encounter of the holy spirit can convince us of our identity that that peter became who jesus said he was he stepped into his yes, identity right. as a rock after he encountered the holy spirit and you know this is so important because as leaders as moms that we have this encounter with the living God through the Holy Spirit. I'm such a huge believer in investing and in growing in our leadership by reading books, listening to podcasts, knowing what your personality type and your Enneagram number is. I do all of that. But what I want you to know is that natural grace will not take you to a supernatural place. That's good. And we need to know these things in the natural, but that natural grace is not going to take us to a supernatural place. Yeah,
1: and there's so much scripture that helps us know how we encounter the Holy Spirit and how we allow Him to impact our leadership and get to that supernatural place you're talking about. In the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul begins to unpack all the different spiritual gifts, the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Then in chapter 13, it's known as the love chapter. He right. talks about how important love is. And then in chapter 14, he goes back to giving more clarity on spiritual gifts. And in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, right in the first verse, we unpack three ways that we encounter the Holy Spirit in our lives and in mm-hmm. our leadership. Let me read it to you. It says, let love be your highest goal. So you just finished the love chapter in chapter 13, and the first verse of 14 says, "'Let love be your highest goal, "'but you should also desire the special abilities "'or giftings that the Spirit gives, "'especially the ability to prophesy.'" Mm -hmm. So in the one verse, we see that we're to be compelled by love, number one, we're to desire spiritual gifts, and then number three, we're supposed to pursue prophecy. And those three things, compelled by love, desire spiritual gifts, pursue prophecy, it has become this guide for us personally as leaders as we try to lead ourselves, lead our family, and then lead the church.
0: Yeah. This is a this is such a, a mantra scripture mm-hmm. in our leadership. And when you think about it, I love that first part. I love how it starts out. It's let love be your highest goal. Yeah. That there's another scripture that says as believers that we're supposed to be compelled. His love. And when you think about it, Jesus was always compelled by love. Yeah. He always moved with compassion first, right? He was moved with compassion first, and then he exercised his gift of healing. Yeah. When he saw the blind man, it broke his heart, then he healed. He saw a hungry crowd first, and then he performed a miracle of loaves and fishes. And if we're going to be spirit filled, next le- level leaders, I really believe that love. Must be our motivation
1: in our church, we want to operate in these gifts compelled by love. Love mm-hmm. is love leads. So we love people that are walking into our church doors that are lost. and so we're we're aware of where they are spiritually. In fact, Paul mm-hmm. even says that if we're not loving them well and things are done out of order or crazy, people mm-hmm. run out the doors and they're going to stay lost. Right? So we love them. so that even, that even filters how we operate in the spiritual gifts on, like, say, a Sunday when we have many, many people that are just you know, checking out God. We love sick people enough mm-hmm. to believe that God wants to heal them, that He can right. heal them. And so mm-hmm. we're going to work in the gifts of the Spirit to mm-hmm. know how to pray for them. People that are come to the altars at times and we're praying, we've been down there praying with them, yeah. and the Holy Spirit will give us clear words of mm-hmm. what to pray for in their lives mm-hmm. that they don't even tell us. So we love that... All of it is motivated out of love right. for them.
0: Right. I yeah, I think it's important, like when it comes to the spiritual gifts, I think sometimes we get it kind of turned around and we think these spiritual gifts are about us. Yeah. We're like, God, what's my spiritual gift so I can fulfill my purpose yeah. and and you know and do great things for you. But what this scripture tells us is that our spiritual gifts really are nothing mm-hmm. unless they are compelled and motivated by love for other people. Yeah. Yes, God wants us to fulfill his purpose. Yes, he gives us gifts to do. That. But the first thing we need to do is be compelled and motivated by God's love expressed through us, through the gifts that He gives us. Yeah,
1: I think it's just remarkable how Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 are talking about the gifts, but right in the middle, right at the Mm -hmm. heart of these spiritual gifts, is love okay so the first one is to go to the next level in our mm-hmm. leadership and have the holy spirit in, infused in our leadership it starts uh, by being compelled by love the second one we see in that verse is that we are to pursue the gifts of the spirit so as a next level leader as someone who's taking our leadership to the next level i've got to pursue the gifts of the spirit mm-hmm. let me read that passage again first corinthians 14 1 out of the amplified version it says earnestly desire and cultivate. The spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church. Mm -hmm. So that phrase in the Greek, earnestly desire, I looked it up. It says to covet, to be jealous of, to run after these spiritual gifts. And so this is where, okay, Julie, this is like goes against what I was taught growing up. Right. Because kind of what I was taught growing growing up is that we don't seek the gifts, we seek the Mm -hmm. giver. And that's true. We're not seeking after gifts, we're seeking Jesus. But this scripture seems to instruct us that we are also to seek the gifts that the giver wants to give us to the point that we are eagerly and earnestly chasing after them. And I have to just tell you, and everybody's listening, that messed with my theology several years ago around spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. because before i was in a passive mode with spiritual gifts okay holy spirit if you want to give me Mm -hmm. something great but this verse says i'm gonna i gotta go after it and actually cultivate it so if i think god has given me a spiritual gift gift of faith a gift of word of knowledge a gift of tongues Mm -hmm. we have to cultivate those spiritual gifts so that they grow And the Spirit has more control in our lives.
0: Yeah, I I love that so much. I mean, he's a good father. And Todd, you love giving gifts to Jefferson. Yes, I do. Always, and now Cassie. Cassie he's a he's a good father you have to remember that he has so much that he wants to give us and it's unlimited wow. and you know this whole book of Corinthians um 1 Corinthians is really an entire conversation around the importance of the spiritual gifts but then also some direction around it too mm-hmm. and back at the beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul's talking about the spiritual gifts he he says now about these gifts of the spirit uh, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed, mm. which means he's telling us you need to know this, right? right? And y- this is important. Th- see, there, there was a time that I remember that, that I was really uninformed. I didn't know much about it, yeah. and we don't want you, you know, that are listening. We don't want you to be uninformed because uninformed people. Miss out on things, yeah, right? right? I mean, don't you hate it when you when when you aren't informed of the big party? Like you lost the invitation, <laughs> and then everybody comes in to work the next day, and they're like, "That party was amazing." I'm like, "Oh, I wish I'd opened my you know my mail or my email <laughs> that time." And you missed it, and you feel like you missed out, yeah. or that dinner with friends, I didn't know. And yeah. we hate missing out, and that's that's what being uninformed does. We miss out on things. Yeah. And Paul, what Paul's saying is what I'm getting ready to talk about, it's not an add-on to the Christian life. Right. This is actually mission critical, and you won't be able to do what you need to do without what I'm talking about right, here, which is in the why spiritual we have gifts. to
1: eagerly chase yeah, these down. And then, right. in, in following along on that passage, mm-hmm. he goes right on in verse four to say, Here are the kinds of gifts that the Spirit distributes. And he talks about different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working, but God, the same God that works it out. And then he begins to list the gifts of the Spirit. To so one is given wisdom, to another, knowledge, to another, faith, to another, the gifts of healing, to another, miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between the spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Mm And then at the end it says, all these are the work of one and same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Mm -hmm. So Julie, like you said, the book of 1 Corinthians, in this letter, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. And in it, he's actually answering some of their questions about problems they were having in the church. Now, we don't know the backstory we don't know which letter or what questions led to this, but we do know that he's trying to clear up some confusion and division in the church about spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Because some people thought that certain gifts were actually considered more spiritual than other gifts, more important than other gifts. So that if you had that gift, ooh, that means mm-hmm. you're really you're really yeah. important in the church, <laughs> or really important to God, or really spiritual. And I think that same problem exists with us today. Yeah, like we can see certain people with certain gifts and go, "Oh, they got they've got a preaching gift or a platform gift to sing or lead that way." Did you notice
0: singing and preaching yeah. weren't actually like listed? <laughs> they weren't listed as there, spiritual right? Spiritual gifts, right? But
1: we still see yeah. the gifts that people mm-hmm. have, and we think, "Oh, well, they must be more important than I than what I've got," and and that's not true we all have gifts given by god and they're all from the holy spirit and they're all according to scripture necessary so whatever gift god has given you whatever gifts the holy spirit has inside of you they are necessary for us to be who we're called to be for us together to accomplish what we're called to accomplish and for you to run the spiritual race that god has called you to run
0: yeah i love that you know and some of the spiritual gifts that are listed that you know i think that that what is challenging us to seek these things. So these are the things that we need to desire and to to seek after, you know, seek after spiritual supernatural wisdom, being yeah. able to understand a situation or problem and how to lead through it. Seek after knowledge and insight to speak to a specific situation and actually apply God's word to it. And mm-hmm. I I remember being praying with someone at the altar one time and I was, I was praying for a 16-year-old girl, and she looked at me after she'd just been through a devastating situation, the divorce of her of her parents and her dad had left them devastated. And she looked at me, she said, what if I don't want to forgive? Mm. And in that moment, I wanted to tell her, you know what? It's probably too soon to forgive. Mm. But what I realized in that moment was I felt like God gave me a, a gift in that moment yeah. of, of knowledge and insight from His Word. Right. And instead of my words I began to just speak scripture that you know ab- about forgiveness and that if she held on to this that this was going to be something that would actually keep her from the future that God had for yeah. her and I knew in that moment she didn't need my word she needed God's word yeah. she didn't you know she d- I didn't know what she needed but God did and so I felt like there was like an, a gift in that moment there's also the gift of faith yeah. you know Todd you have this gift of faith right you have yeah, this yeah. this um this everybody Given a a measure of faith, but this gift of faith is to believe God for what is impossible. And I remember several years ago when during a financial downturn, and a lot of people were telling you that we probably shouldn't launch one of our campuses down in Boynton Beach. Hey, Boynton Beach girls, love you guys. Um, But you know, down in Boynton Beach, but you had this like you were like, no, I know that God had just like given you this um, this. Supernatural like conviction that we needed to press forward. We needed to reach people in that area. And that faith actually just really helped us to lean in to right. know that what God was leading in, that he was going to provide yeah, for. And great. so having that supernatural gift of faith, then there's the gift of prophecy, speaking on God's behalf, to speak the word of God over a situation or a person, to boldly declare yeah. his truth. And this this is actually what Paul says is the greatest gift. Yeah,
1: right. And then he goes on right after that and says, <laughs> he talks about the gift of tongues, and this is what gets so many people turned sideways.
0: So we're, right? go here, right? yes, we're we going to go here, right? we're going here, right? And okay. it's funny
1: because nobody has a problem. When we talk about the gift of faith, we're all like, yes, we all need more faith. You got to have faith, 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 right? (laughs) Come to wisdom. Yes, I need wisdom. God, teach me. Holy Spirit, help me know what I don't know. Or even the gift of healing. We want people to experience God's healing, but then you get to tongues. Mm. And everybody's like, hold on now. All that jibber jabber. What, what are we talking about there? Holy Spirit? That doesn't, make, that doesn't make any sense to me. It sounds like crazy talk, right? Well, Paul actually spends a lot of time talking about this one gift. Right. In fact, Bible scholars will actually they actually believe that tongues was a big part of why Paul is addressing this letter in the church of Corinth, because it was to the people in Corinth that they thought they thought that the gift of tongues was more of the evidence of the Holy Spirit than all the other gifts, and that you actually, you better have had the gift of tongues uh, to actually prove that you have the Holy Spirit. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, tongues, speaking in an unknown language, a prayer language, that is a gift from God, and it is an operation in our church, it's in the operation of the leadership of our church, but he says that's just one of the gifts. It's not the most important gift. Mm-hmm. In fact, like you said, Julie, he said the most important gift is prophecy, which is speaking on God's behalf. That's gonna build the body up. Tongues is probably one of the least gifts because it's it's more for a personal time of prayer and right. connection mm-hmm. with God. But it ends up getting the, the most attention oftentimes between churches and denominations, and it can actually cause a lot of confusion.
0: Yeah, I think this has caused a lot of confusion and division, but it doesn't have to, right? No, it doesn't. You know, um, I think it's important to know that Acts chapter 2, which we referenced earlier, it talks about the missional gift of tongues, right? When they spoke in languages so that other people could hear the gospel. But this, this gift that he's talking about in, in Corinthians 13 and 14, it is personal. Right. And I think the reason that that it causes so much division is because the enemy is going to fight against us in any way that is going to build intimacy mm. and this personal connection with God. He will do anything to keep us from that intimacy. So, if he can keep this gift and other gifts kind right. of subdued, then then people aren't gonna experience the victory that God has for yeah. them. You know, I I think about just when we accept Jesus into our hearts and that's, that's the day that the Holy Spirit is deposited within us mm-hmm. and we're given the greatest gift, we're given this access to the Holy Spirit and we don't have to wonder anymore, right? He dwells in us and we can pray, you know, come Holy Spirit, fill me, right? right Every right, day right. that we can have, that we can gain more access and as we give Him more access, access to us. Ephesians 5:18 says that we're not supposed to be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin our life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And I think about, you know, when we're when someone's drunk, they're under the influence, they're being controlled by. And what this verse is saying is that that you can be influenced, you can be controlled by the Holy yeah. Spirit. And I think the longer that you follow him and the more aware you become of him, You you become more aware of these gifts that you've been given, and you can start to grow in these gifts, right? But there are also times, you know, there's access that we get at salvation, but there are other times when we encounter, we have encounters with the Holy Spirit. And it's you know um, it's when you're actually like baptized, immersed in His presence, like yeah. Peter was in the Book of Acts. There's a difference. This doesn't happen every single day. It's hard to explain. It's kind of part of the the mystery of God, and it reveals these gifts that that He's give that He gives us. And this these gifts, these encounters happen when and. And how the Holy Spirit wants them to happen, and but this is why it's so important to put yourself in, the place, in places yes. where where the Holy Spirit is. Encounters yeah. of worship and yes. being in times you know in prayer. church, yep. times of prayer. But you know my story was that I grew up in a really traditional church, and. I actually thought the Holy Spirit was, you know, a little bit weird whenever I heard people <laughs> talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the you falling know. Falling out
1: in the Spirit. Right. Or, it just all was yeah. so
0: weird to me. And so I kind of, my relationship with the Holy Spirit was, you know, kind of come close, but not too close, yeah, right? Yeah. I want to be close, but not too close. And, and I think that was because I saw some gifts abused. You know, I saw weird things on TV. And, and so I just, I wanted, I, wanted what the Holy Spirit had to offer, but mm-hmm. I didn't want Him to get too close because I didn't actually want to be influenced or controlled. And I remember a few years back that I I was facing a challenge that I knew was bigger than me. And I, it was a season of life where I knew that it required more than my natural abilities and and my natural discipline. And instinctively, I just became aware that in order to face this, I was going to, I, I needed more. Yeah. And I had never actually given the Holy Spirit permission to do whatever He wanted to do, yeah. because I was just a little bit scared yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember praying this very bold prayer, not just once, but a few times, but this one specific time and and praying that prayer. And I just felt in that moment that that there's this warmth that came over me. Like I said, I, I can't explain it. It doesn't happen every single time I pray. But in that moment, mm-hmm. God gave me a gift that was different than anything I'd ever experienced. And He also just gave he empowered yeah. a gift that I already had. Yeah. And so there was this encounter. And so I think it's important that you know that that we we look for those encounters also mm-hmm. we're open to those encounters where we can give the spirit, you know, full control.
1: And I think it really it was a point where you were desperate. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. could not do it on your own. Right. Right. And I think so many times we try to be too self-sufficient even right. in our Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize how dependent we have got to be on the Holy Spirit, right. which keeps us in a place of going, come Holy Spirit, I need you today to fill me with your power and your presence and stir Mm -hmm. those gifts up inside of me. And when we stay in that place of open-handed posture to receive and depend on the Holy Spirit, it keeps us in a place where we're walking in the power, in his power. It's not our Mm -hmm. own abilities. It's a supernatural ability, a supernatural power that's going to carry you so much farther than we could ever go on our own.
0: It's so true, and you know, and you can testify this. But it was there was a before, and there was there a was before and after. after.
1: People, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was night it's, and day.
0: And it was, you know, I
1: saw you before you went in that room, yeah. and I saw you after you came mm-hmm. out of that room, mm-hmm. and I saw what God did with you leading into that conference that you were speaking mm-hmm. at. How He used you in the supernatural, and it happened because you had that encounter right. with the Holy Spirit, and He stirred these gifts up inside of you, mm-hmm. gave you a gift that you didn't have before, mm-hmm. and you operated in that not from a place of grace not from a place of fear, but you moved in that and you didn't resist him. I think too many Christians are resisting the full work of the Holy Spirit in their Mm -hmm. life. And so they're settling for this partial power, half power source. It requires, you know, uh, more than what we need, but we're not tapping into this full yeah. power that God yeah. has. Yeah, it's the so Spirit.
0: true. There's so much more yep. available to yes. us, right? Yeah, and we just have to lean
1: into it. I was praying with a guy at the altar this week, and he was struggling with some things. And I said, "The problem is you are not relying on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You have not invited the Holy Spirit to invade every part of you, and so you're never going to be able to do this on mm-hmm. your own. And so right. it's a daily." Desperate cry, yes. come, Holy Spirit!
0: Yes, yeah. every day, every day, fill me. He yeah. wants to. Can, he wants to fill us. He yeah. wants to to have more access, gain, you know, so that we can operate yeah. and and lead others, right? Yep, yep. To be able to lead others into the fullness that He has for them, too. So, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I think it's important to remember that, you know, every one of us, we have different gifts, right? right? So, mm-hmm. when we say desire, the spiritual gifts, you can ask God, what gift do you want to give me? And you can ask for any of them, and He can, you know, He gives them at His will, right? Yep. But, you know, we have different gifts, but different was never intended to, to be for division, right? right? It was intended to bring unity so that together we could fulfill our destiny as God's people. Yeah. And of course, the biggest gift is the Holy Spirit. As you seek Him, He gives gifts. Right. But I think one thing that I've learned is that that when He gives spiritual gifts, that this isn't just a one-time thing, right? I used to think that when I became you know a believer that the Holy Spirit deposited gifts within me, which He did, but I thought that was it. Right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a one and done thing and so I would take spiritual gifts assessments and I was like you know spiritual gifts tests, which I think are are okay, but I actually I, I, I don't know. I think the Holy Spirit knows what gifts he wants to give us, right yeah, a long And way. We can't we can't find it in a test. And I, I think there's as we step out in obedience, he has gifts waiting for us right. at, at every step of the way because I think about when Jefferson was five, right, he got a bike. Now, could you as a very small bike with training wheels? When he was sixteen, we didn't give him a bike with training wheels. Right. Again, right? He got a car. It's a better because gift. <laughs> it's a better gift, right? But he was ready for more, yes. right? He wasn't ready he wasn't when he was for five, five. But I, and I think it's the same thing. As we grow and we step out in obedience, we become ready for more gifts that he wants to give us. And so yeah. I think about when you t- stepped into being a senior pastor. Yeah, right.
1: Well, I even think every time you and I have stepped out of wherever we were yeah. through mm-hmm. the years that. Christ Fellowship, and stepped out to take on more or to lead more when God called us to that. He gave us what we need spiritually for that season. So when I stepped into the senior pastor role, it was like, okay, I needed some gifts of leadership that I didn't have. I needed some gifts of faith that I did not need to that measure. And there were just different gifts of the Spirit that I began to operate in. Okay, yeah. so let's let's uh, land this plane. We, <laughs> uh, we we realize that to go to this next level, we're going to be compelled by love. Paul tells us we got to pursue the gifts, and the last one is this: that next level leaders prophesy. But they're not weird. Yeah. Right? Paul didn't say, but they're not weird. But we're adding that in, right? <laughs> so so remember, prophesy means to speak on God's mm-hmm. behalf. Mm-hmm. One definition of prophecy that I've heard is it's like a human report of divine revelation. Yeah. So you're speaking about the things of God, but you're not, we don't need to be weird when we right. do this. We need mm-hmm. to, we need to understand God's not weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. So don't be weird right. when you're mm-hmm. sharing prophecy or sharing that word. And that can be a word that is shared from a platform or spoken in a conversation right. or in a prayer. And Paul actually says that this is prophecy, the greatest gift, because we're all called to do it. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, every one of you listening, you are called to speak mm-hmm. on God's behalf.
0: Yeah. You know, Paul actually talks about this gift in in scripture, and he, he says that this gift of prophecy is to build up. Yep. to encourage to edify the body mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times we we get confused because we think of the old testament prophets when they actually spoke direction and instruction right on God's behalf, right. right? Well, when the Holy Spirit showed up, we didn't need the Old Testament prophets to do direction and instruction. We have the Holy Spirit to direct right. us and to instruct us. And right? We have the Word
1: of God, and we have the Word of God that they Old did Testament. not have.
0: And so, this gift of prophecy it, it, it is to magnify mm-hmm. the Word of God and to speak a word that's going to build up and encourage someone. And we've got we've got people in our lives, Frank and Sherry Bouts, You know, they they send us prophetic words, and almost always they're Scripture prophetic mm-hmm. words. Like right. when we're getting ready to prepare a message and and they'll send us the right word at the right time. Yeah. And and it, it does, it builds us up it encourages yeah. it gives us the supernatural strength to do what we didn't know we could do before. And so it's important, like there's there's some really practical things that we need to know about this gift, because I think this is another one yes. that sometimes can go sideways yeah, pretty right. quick. So let
1: me jump into <laughs> the practical here. First, a prophetic word from God is always gonna line up with the written word of God. Mm-hmm. So the prophetic word that God may lay on your heart to share with someone, if it's from God, it's going to line up with the written Word of God. It, and if we're not careful that I have heard People that say things, well, God told me this, or God said this, and I'm like, I don't think that's in Scripture. So I'm pretty much sure that's not a prophetic word. So make sure that that word is lining up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, if it doesn't build up and push people towards Jesus, then it's probably not the prophetic word to give or receive. Right. Secondly, um, just going to tagging on what you talked about, how this is different than Old Testament prophecy, show great caution with ever whenever there's words of instruction, We're clear with our staff and leaders, we're real clear with them that any words of instruction need to be done under spiritual authority, which Mm -hmm. means if it's a small group leader or a youth pastor has a word for somebody that's more instructional, that they're gonna run that through the people that have some spiritual oversight and responsibility over that area Mm -hmm. of the church. So it might be um, a, a campus pastor or a senior leader. So they're not just going around telling people, God told me you need to quit your job, or God told me you need to go to that college, or God told me you need to marry that person. That was, that's not for you mm-hmm. to be throwing those kind of words around. If God shows you something along those lines, there's conversations to be had to discern that. So first, it's going to line up with the Word of God. It's not going to be so much instructional. It's going to be more building up. And the third thing when it comes to prophecy and words of prophecy is you can pray for the prophetic word. You can pray, God give me intentional, life-giving words to prophesy and declare over the people in my life. Words that will reinforce their identity in Christ, Uh who God says they are. Man, I want to speak those words over them. Words that will remind them of their spiritual authority and power that is given to us through Christ Jesus. And words that are going to inspire a a godfidence inside of them to spiritually run the race that they're called to run. And those words are going to build up. Those yeah. words are going to encourage. Those yeah. words are going to push people forward in their faith.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I also think about, Todd, that those words, a lot of times when people share those words with us, the first thing they'll say is, hey, I, I feel like God showed me something. Can I share this with you? Right. And when when we grant permission, right, yes. if you want to speak a word, I think it's important to... to grant permission yep. or to ask for permission yep. to even share what God might have laid on your heart. So I love that. Well, this is the deal. As we wrap this up, as we're talking about the spiritual gifts, being compelled by love, desiring and pursuing these gifts and pursuing prophecy, I love what you said, Todd, that we can we can pray for very specific words that are going to echo God's voice over people's lives. What a privilege it yeah. is that we can prophesy over our children. We can prophesy over our, our friends. Mm-hmm. We can prophesy over our leaders and and with encouraging words and I I think that as we wrap this up this is our bottom line is that we don't want you to settle for less than everything God has for you. And I just believe that there is more available through the power of the Holy Spirit as we lean in to the gifts of the Spirit. But you gotta ask for it. But you gotta (laughs) ask for it, right? And you've gotta pursue it. And so, you know, I think about Todd, when we first got married, I was always so embarrassed because we'd go out to dinner and I was raised with like four kids. And when we were at a restaurant, we knew exactly what we were gonna order. And we ordered right off the menu. When Todd and I got married, we would go to a restaurant and he's like, um... I see you have coleslaw. Do you mind if I replace that with the lobster bisque?
1: Yeah. Right. Or, you know. Can I get a salad instead of that little side thing, cup of beans? Yes. And Julie was, you were always so was, embarrassed that I was asking. You never for stuff.
0: actually order, it. And you're like, can I like, have hey, can the, I, chicken salads, the chicken salad from this fra-
1: menu and from this meal? And can you go make this? And like, well, we're not sure that's on the menu. I'm, I'm like, well, t- you've got all the ingredients on, yes. the, on the menu. I just need you to put it together this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would say no. Sorry, sir, we can't do that. Yeah,
0: and you would be like, but you have all the ingredients. Yeah, but
1: sometimes they would say yes, and I'd (laughs) get the lobster
0: bisque. Exactly, instead of the coleslaw, One
1: time this worked out to our advantage. You remember this? Yes, yes. You've heard the story about me taking Julie (laughs) backpacking across Europe without her knowing about it, right? I bought the tickets, I bought the backpacks, and then I surprised her. Mm -hmm. Not a good idea. Uh, Save save that for another podcast. (laughs) But when we got to the airport for our overnight flight, they had us separated. And I had booked these tickets Months, months in advance. So we yeah. were like different parts of the plane. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is our first trip. And
0: I had never flown like more than a two-hour flight. So I'm like,
1: I- We got to be together. Yeah. And so I was very kind. But I'm like, is there anything you can do to put us together? And they're like, no, I'm sorry. I said, well, can I talk to the supervisor? Is there anything you do yeah. to put us together? I'm just saying, who can you move around to get us together? And finally, the person said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move you upstairs to the first class part of the plane yeah. for free.
0: So we were like 23 years old. Fly like, like Living our best life. It was amazing. But we didn't
1: have it unless I asked for it.
0: That's right. Right? So there's some
1: things in the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. people, you need to ask for. Right. And you're not going to get it unless you ask for it Mm -hmm. and eagerly pursue everything the Holy Spirit has for you. And when you ask for it, he is a good, good father. He's going to give you. What you need.
0: Yeah, he's going to give you the lobster bisque. He's not going to give you the coleslaw, right? <laughs> and the first class seat. Well, this has been so great, Todd. You know, I just thought we could just end this time. Maybe you could pray yeah, for our too. listeners that they would not settle for less yes. okay. and that God would just be able to show up in their lives in powerful ways in the days ahead.
1: Okay, come on, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our lives. We invite you to fill every part of us. We are desperate for you. I pray for every person listening today that, Lord, there would be an awareness of your presence an awareness of our need for you and that lord that we would reach out for you that we pursue you yeah. and that pursue the gifts that you want to give us because we know we can't do this on our own we can't lead our families on our own we can't lead our companies on our own we can't lead ourselves on our own mm-hmm. we need your presence and your power we need wisdom we need knowledge we need discernment we need the gifts of the spirit in full operation in our lives so i pray for fresh gifts to be poured out on your yeah. people in jesus name we pray amen
0: amen amen we love you and we'll see you next time on the so good podcast we're so glad you joined us today for the so good sisterhood podcast for additional resources and show notes from today's episode check out our website sogoodsisterhood.com remember god is the same yesterday today and forever but he's always doing a new thing what step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.